What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. This is Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. This podcast is sponsored in part by our friends at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Visit swibbits.edu to find out more about what God is doing on Seminary Hill. Kyle, we're recording this on Wednesday. We are. Uh, so yesterday would be Tuesday, if I have be. my days correct. These days, they all kind of run together. And if there was ever like a mountaintop to valley experience in my life, it was yesterday. Because I had this one guy uh, call for a twins sweep, and then the Astros won. So I was on the mountaintop. Yeah and had the awesome opportunity of trolling Kyle Beerman for his failed prognostication. But then I was, I was I absolutely convinced the that the twins valley. were uh, Hey, don't interrupt me. Uh, you clown. Uh, then uh, I went down in the valley because for whatever reason, though a decided voter and everything else, I decided to put on the debate and, uh, and it, it should just make us weep for, our country and call for revival, plead with God for revival and a spiritual awakening. And I think for the sake of both of our employments and so forth, we should probably leave it at that. But uh, I went from the mountaintop down to the valley, and uh, then I went to bed, and, uh, and then I wake up today, and my brick red Houston Astros away go. jersey with Bagwell on the back, um, with, which kind of goes... so. So I am not a um, very superstitious man. I'm a sort of stitious man. And yesterday we won with my 1995 Houston Astros jersey with Vigio on the back. And we won. So like my secretary and my wife and everybody expects me to wear that jersey again. And so far to this point, I've still got an hour and a half uh, as, as the point we record this. But I haven't changed. I'm going to roll with this jersey. If we start to lose... I may or may not go inside and put it on. <laughs> oh. Yeah, there are. So as we're recording this, there are eight baseball games on today in succession, beginning at 11 o'clock our time. And then the last one starts at eight o'clock tonight. So no, if you were a baseball beginning fan. Beginning at 10 our time. Oh, beginning at 10. Reds, oh, that's right. We've got the Reds and the Braves, which is that's actually right. why I wanted to record a little earlier <laughs> because Bauer is pitching and he is the best. Here, here's something funny before we get into our topic. My two favorite players in Major League Baseball are like polar opposites. The only thing they have in common is they are pitchers. That is it. Because my two favorite players are Zach Grinke and Trevor Bauer. Zach Grinke? Uh, David Platt, people. doppelganger, by the way. Yes, he, he <laughs> hates people. And he doesn't really hate people. But uh, he, you know, his interviews are, how how'd you think the game went? Is that right? Uh, what yeah, well, he, think, he has, uh, he has social anxiety, right? He does. Okay. He has social yeah. anxiety. So, yeah. um, and, like uh, on the mound, I love his answer. I love his answer when they asked, why don't you throw harder? Cause they noticed his velocity was going down a little bit. He said, cause I get tired. <laughs> like such a great matter of fact answer. And in between the innings, he's up on his phone, sitting in the stands in between all the cardboard cutouts. It's amazing. Then on the other hand, there's Trevor Bauer 
which would be ironic that I like him because he hates the Astros and has trolled them mercilessly this entire year. Uh, But he is so much fun to watch. I love that he yells. I love that he wears these different cleats, which one of them had a bunch of trash cans on it. Uh, Of course, he had the free Joe Kelly cleats that nearly got him suspended. Uh, but, uh, but I love watching him. So I'm going to watch him for an hour and then probably keep him on the phone while I watch the Astros. People do not tune into this show to hear us talk about major league baseball, particularly. Well, okay. So, so I was going to say, here's, 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 so since we just started the playoffs yesterday, um, I want to get your prediction. Who wins it all this year? You, you think so? No, now, now I say, do you, you don't really believe that. I know you want <laughs> no. it to happen, but you do not really believe that. So I want to stick with my original prediction before the season started, if you'll remember, was the Cleveland Indians. Okay. However, Bieber, <laughs> which is funny, uh, just got shellacked yesterday. <laughs> and then they traded off Clevenger for whatever reason. Okay. And so I'm like, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. So uh, I did one of those bracket things. And to win a hundred thousand dollars so I can retire from ministry. Um, not really, but um I did that and I had in the uh National League, I think I had the Dodgers going, and then in the uh American League, I don't think I had the Yankees. They I think I had them losing to the A. No, 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 the White Sox. I have the White Sox and the Dodgers. And then the uh, Dodgers finally pull it off. That's okay. that's my guess. I, so I, I have the A's and the Dodgers with the Dodgers finally finally winning. Um, but I, I think this is the year the Dodgers uh, win it all. I, I think you know after after losing a couple, um, I think this is the year they that they break that curse and and pull it all off. Yep. Okay, Joe okay. Kelly um, uh, as the winning pitcher in yeah. the, the final game. There you go. Whatever you say. <laughs> what, what's our topic? Nobody cares about this. Uh, well, in light of everything else we've talked about today, we're going to talk about when to quit. <laughs> so now, now let me be clear. Um, so, so we, we've talked a lot about, um, you know, we wrote a book based on preach, pray, love, and stay. That's, that's the replant motto, preach, pray, love, and stay. But we've, we've received some questions about when it's time to go. Uh, so, so let me be clear, right? I mean, we're, we're not, we're not planning on leaving. So, so if you're listening to this from if you're, if you're listening to this from our church, we are not from our churches. We are not planning on leaving. We we are responding to some questions that we've received about when. I mean, you want to stay as long as possible, but there there come times when when for one reason or another it's time to go. And so today we're going to talk about when those times come, how to recognize them, and then what you do when it is finally time to go. Now, this is something I'd, I'd say we have experience with is <laughs> leaving ministry positions for something else, right? We, we even talked about this in the book. We've not stayed uh, up to this point in our, in our ministries very well. So, so we have both moved multiple times, um, taken some, I, I think both of us would say we, we moved uh, at times for the right reason, and then maybe at times for the wrong reason. Um, and, and we both have some experiences out of that. So Matt, um, um, talk us through what is, what is one reason that might lead somebody to say, you know what, I believe I'm done here at this church. Um, in my case, my secretary quit. I'm done. <laughs> if Valerie quits, you're out. <laughs> if Valerie the last quits, I'm out. 
she's she's holding me on. No, uh, so I I, I want to back up just a little bit, ju- just to make a, a helpful clarification on the front end, ju- just to make this somewhat helpful instead of just kind of a downer. Is one of the things that will help you stay, um, because one of the reasons could be just mounting criticism where you just can't get anything accomplished, all of that kind of stuff. So we've talked about dealing with critics before. We've talked about managing, you know, those that are on the fence, those that are your fans, all that kind of stuff. So we've we've done that before, and I've shared this before, and I think it bears repeating, is that when somebody disagrees with you for whatever, you know, whatever reason, um, it's so easy for us to chalk them up as an enemy uh, when they may not be an enemy um, and, and most likely are not an enemy. They have a difference of opinion. Cal and I have a number of differences of opinion, uh, yet we can work through those and, and talk about them and enjoy talking about them. Yet something seems to happen in church context where somebody disagrees, in, and instead of it being a disagreement on blank, you know, uh, the color of carpet or your sermon series is too long or your sermons are too long, whatever it might be, we just... We, we forget that that's just a disagreement on one thing, and we just chalk them up to an enemy of the state, like they are out to get me. And it's just easy for us to internally think that. When that number rises uh, with every person that has some minor disagreement, and, and so we're talking about minor stuff right now, um, when, when that number rises, it's easy to feel like, well, there's nobody here that's, that's in my corner. I need to send out some resume. I'm done. Uh, so, so we need to be careful with those that disagree are not necessarily enemies, hate you, want you to fail, want you to leave, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so, so I just wanted to share that from the get-go. I've had times where I've, I've left for, uh, for lack of a better word, for the good of my family, going from part-time to full-time to be able to provide for Rebecca, her not to have to work, things like that. Um, there's been times where um, I probably left too soon, um, guilty of what I just warned against, where I just thought anybody that disagreed or, or whatever, um, I just added that up a little bit and was just kind of done. Uh, so I've had experiences like that. Uh, coming from the last church to here is one of those examples where, um, where, where it was really darned if you do, darned if you don't. One of us had to, to go. There was a, uh, kind of a leading elder in the church that just undermined anything that I tried to to do, held the purse strings for the church, um, ran the church, made all the decisions for the church. Church was not involved in anything. Uh, and the, the real kind of deal breaker for me was we are called, uh, not asked, we're called and commanded to make disciples and to evangelize. And anything we tried to do for outreach was shut down. And uh, and so I had a mentor, and my health was declining. I was dealing with panic attacks, um, thoughts of suicide, all of these kinds of things. And so, in in over the course of our conversations, he finally said, "One of y'all has to go." And I doubt it's going to be the one that founded the church and is funding the church. And so, what we started doing at that point was making a plan of escape. And what I wanted to do for myself was I didn't want to know. I still was focused on pastoring and preaching well, growing the church, all of the things that I was called to do. And so I just gave him my resume 
and trusted him to find a, a spot out there, whatever, that was going to be a good fit in his opinion. And I was able to continue to pastor and shepherd really until that day came. And I encourage you, if you're listening to this and you're thinking of leaving, don't just start sending out a thousand resumes, no matter how desperate you are. Um, you want to get out. I get it. Um, it would be better, perhaps. Um, I don't know that I can back this up with scripture. Uh, so, so this has that kind of asterisk next to it, kind of like the Astros 2017 World Series. Uh, but it would be better, in my opinion, for you to step out of ministry uh, than spend your time at that church focusing on going somewhere else. It would be better if that's where your mindset is and your focus is. It would be better, in my opinion, for you to step aside and to, you know, work law or not law, um, you know, car dealership, insurance, whatever it might be that you can do to make ends meet so that you can focus on finding that next step because your your heart's going to be in two different places. What it helped, though, is getting somebody that believes in you, knows you well, uh, and can kind of go to bat for you instead of you sending out that resume. You know, even there, there was one time years ago where I added like just about every single church that I could find for youth pastor position on the SBC website. And I put just about every single full-time email address, blind carbon copied. Hey, you know, my name is Matt Hensley. Uh, I'm attaching my resume for your consideration, whatever, with a few, few words. And I attached my resume, probably sent it to about 100 churches. And <laughs> it was so defeating uh, a, uh, a month or so later to get about a hundred dear John letters in the mail that, Hey, we've, we've gone in another you know direction. On the other hand, when I've kind of put that over into somebody else's corner, uh, or, or their, their court, uh, with Dr. Sisk, my mentor, where he could send those things out, I could focus on the task at hand. Um, so, so that answers the question. There, there's going to come a time where Anything you you do is just not going to have any traction whatsoever. You're not able to get any buy-in and, and so forth. All of those forces are kind of mounted against you. And, and you may realize, and you may even have calls from people to, to step down um, or actively opposing your, your ministry. That may come to the point where you, for the good of that church, um, because maybe what they need is for you to step out and, and them to kind of see what, what's going on, bring in an interim that can maybe address some of those things. Uh, but if that's you, and if you're in that situation, don't be the guy that just sends out 100 emails. Um, send it to somebody. Send it to Kyle at fbcalamo.com, <laughs> and, uh, and he'll send it to 100 people. And coming from Dr. Kyle Beerman, uh, they will be sure to hire you. So that's my two cents. Yeah. So uh, like you, there have been some times I left too soon. Um, I can think of, I can think of one, especially that, that I left too soon. And that was, I took a, um, when I was still a youth pastor, I went to a bigger church and that ended up not working out well. Um, it was a tumultuous time. And then I think we've talked about this before. And then about two and a half years later, um, Michelle and I were at a point where either we were going to have to leave that church or probably we were leaving ministry. Um, and so, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, there are times that for the for the health and the sake of your family, um, you have to leave. Um, and, and we've both shared before, you know, our wives have the have the red button that they can push at any point and say, um, we're out. This is the, we, we need to move on. Um, 
you know, sometimes we've talked about this a little bit on the, on the replant blog. Sometimes you, even if you're facing criticism and if, if things are really, really difficult, sometimes the best thing for you to do is not to leave, especially if you are in, um, I think what Tom Rainer calls a preacher eater church, um, where they just kind of, you know, chew, chew guys up and spit them out. Um, if you succumb to that, you're, you're just adding to the, you're adding to the problem there. Um, and you know, if you just give up, that's, that's probably what people want and what they're used to, right? Oh, Hey, if we make things difficult, he'll, he'll back out like everybody else. Um, so sometimes you have to stay and fight and, and that's hard. And again, that th- there are a lot of factors at play there. If you have the, um, if you have the spiritual stamina and, and the support from some, some friends in ministry to be able to do that, if you have your family support. Um, sometimes you need to stay and fight in order to break those bad patterns in, in the church. Um, but there are times, you know, for, for whatever reason, maybe your leadership is no longer effective and, and you realize that you've kind of hit the end of your road. Um, I think what will be really interesting is this time next year uh, to see the, the, like the Barna studies and stuff that are done, looking at the number of guys that leave between now and say March. Um, kind of as we hit that year mark for the, for the COVID pandemic and the guys that just hit a wall. Uh, sometimes, I mean, look, ministry exhaustion, ministry burnout is real. And I think especially in this season, uh, ministry burnout is going to be a very real thing where guys are just spent. Yep. And, and for whatever reason, don't, haven't taken time to rest. And, and maybe there are some churches that have not allowed them to take time to, to rest and refresh. Um, I think at that point, that becomes a mental health issue. Um, yeah, to kind of tie, tie into that, I, I think there's really kind of three areas to, to consider. And, uh, and, and one is going to be your family. Are they on board? Are they being attacked? Are they being hurt? Um, can, can you work, work together in that situation where it, it's for the good of your wife, your kids, whatever, um, to have that, you know, to have uh, a husband? Um, more than a than a pastor, because sometimes what what's going to happen is you get in one of those situations where it is so tough that the pastor then decides I have to throw everything at it. It's kind of like uh, in Rogue One, um, where that opening scene where where he talks about he just gave everything into building that Death Star or whatever. He just threw himself into the work, and so you're you're trying to salvage something that you end up losing your your marriage or the relationships that you have with your kids. So that's number one to consider. Another is your own health. Um, Kyle mentioned, you know, having some time off and so forth. If you might be in that point where you are struggling at the end of your rope, um, you feel like you're not gaining any ground, instead of quitting, instead of sending out the resumes, it might be time to ask the deacons, ask your personnel committee, ask whoever, um, I, I need to take a week or two. I need a Sunday or two. Um, I'll fill, you know, even offer if you need to cover the the pulpit supply cost, or most likely you could reach out to to Nam. I know in the case of um, New Mexico, at least we've got church planning catalysts here. I don't I don't know how that works in other states, uh, but they they don't expect a, an honorarium. They they will come just to serve. Call your local association. Uh, the director of mission would like. Yeah, most and, and most associations have a list of like supply preachers that that, that yeah. are available as well. Yeah. And and so look look for those where if if money is the issue, just say hey, I'll cover it, um, and you get away. Uh, go with the family, go by yourself, find a cabin somewhere, whatever. Um, 
cut yourself off from some things, be with the Lord. And, and I, I, I believe in every time that that's happened in, in my ministry, he's renewed me and I've come back stronger and, and more focused. And then finally, the third that we've talked about is that the church situation, it may, might be better for the church or for you to ultimately leave. Um, it, it might be better for, for you to find another church where you can serve and, and grow. Um, but, but again, we kind of come back to it is worth staying. And in church revitalization especially, which we've, I've talked before, that every church is a revitalization church. Um, but, but still, in, in these kind of replanting modes where you're, you're going to have to change the culture and everything about the church, you're going to have a lot of resistance. Mayhill Baptist uh, today is a completely different church than it was three and a half years ago. And there's still a few of that, that core group that was there early on. It's still there. And, and there's times that they still, um, you know, criticize or whatever, because the church has changed. Um, but you have to have that thick skin to look at. It, it's not so much you that they hate or whatever. It's that we're missing the good old days or, or whatever their perception is. And you have to be willing to have that thick skin in the soft heart to really walk through them with that. Listen to them, uh, hear them out, and then maybe find some common ground that you can work with. Uh, but those are the three areas that, that I would be careful with. And on the personal side, that, that our, our self side, you also need to be willing, um, if, if needed, to, to get counseling, uh, to, to at the very least have a mentor that you can bounce these things off of. Uh, you talk to an older pastor, and they have most certainly been through the ringer. You might know them as the pastor of Blank Baptist Church, it's large and growing and influential, and you think everything's great for him. But the years before that, and probably what got that particular church to that point, were very difficult to. And, and so somebody that has walked through those can help you find some of those deal breakers that you're dealing with that may not be as much of a deal breaker as, as it seems. And, uh, and so sometimes you can push through the uncomfortableness of now to get through a better day in the future. And really quickly, as we, as we begin to wrap up here, so, so, so far we've talked about leaving um, under bad circumstances, right? So leaving under duress, leaving for the sake of your, of your family. Um, let's, let's talk about, um, let's flip that and talk just briefly about positive sides. Sometimes the Lord opens a door for another ministry opportunity. Um, now, not every phone call that you get of, hey, this church is looking is, and, and would you be interested in sending your resume? Not, not, not every one of those is necessarily a door saying, hey, I should, I should go on to the next thing. But, but sometimes the, the Lord opens those opportunities and makes it abundantly clear that, that, that there's a new chapter unfolding in your life. And so leaving is not always a negative thing, right? Sometimes, sometimes you're just simply pursuing another opportunity. So, so let's talk about that real quick and how, how that plays into a pastor's life. and and how you then communicate that to, to the church when, when an opportunity is dropped in your lap and, and all signs point to this is, this is the Lord's leading and you step out in faith. I think the best one to answer that would, would be you. Cause I remember from the book where you were talking about going from, you know, a lot of pushback from uh, Michelle to going to, uh, to Clayton or whatever it was. And, and then on the other side of that, choking back tears as you were getting ready to go to 
Alamogordo. Yeah. So when, when, um, when we were approached about First Baptist Alamogordo, we were not looking to leave Clayton. Um, we were maybe getting a little restless. So I, I was there three and a half years. So around that three year mark, just kind of get a little restless. And, um, but, but I had had enough experiences where um, I'd sent out resumes and, and then it became clear that, that the Lord wasn't leading. So I, I had I really made this commitment. I'm not going to send resumes out. And if, if in fact it's time to go, um, the Lord doesn't need my help in, in making that happen, right? If, if, if God's sovereign, he knows where I am. And if this is his plans, then, then, then he'll, he'll work it out. And sure enough, one day I just get a phone call and um, uh, it was, we were talking about something else. And then at the end of the, of the conversation, it came up, Hey, um, I don't know if you're interested, but, but I know of a couple of churches that are looking and, and Alan McGordo was mentioned. And, um, that just started a, a, a months long process of us praying through and seeking the Lord's will and having lots of conversations with people who were familiar with, with who knew us, who knew, um, the situation here at the church and, and confirmation from multiple people saying, yes, and, and Kyle, I think you might be the guy um, to go down there. So um, it's not it's not always negative leaving. Now it's always I, I'm going to argue it's painful, yeah. right? But 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 it it can be a good thing for and a positive thing for you to follow the Lord's leading. It does not have to be a downer when when you leave your current church. Yeah the uh, the the church before uh, when I was back in Grand Prairie, so I was in my hometown, had some of my uh, high school and middle school teachers in the church, which was awesome. Uh, I was a student pastor. Youth group was growing, uh, was was enjoying uh, my time there. We adopted the girls. And what what ended up happening is I had my, uh, what I told God I was willing to do, which is always when I feel like God is kind of chuckling. I said, I will pastor because I felt led to and called to be a pastor. Uh, but I, I said, I want to wait. They'll have Greek and Hebrew. And in this opportunity comes up, and it is pretty clear this is where he is, is pushing and directing. And all of this stuff is planned at the church for our adoption. Um, like we were going to have a big, you know, I guess we would call them a pounding, you know, a, a big adoption celebration. And where it was falling timing-wise was going to be the Sunday after my view of a call. And so I'm going to the pastor just panicked. And I'm like, look, one, I don't want to leave. Um, Two, y'all are about to bless us immeasurably over this adoption. And I'm going to be saying farewell (laughs) when y'all do this. What do I, like, it was the most, as a a people pleaser, um, it was the most uncomfortable situation I think I have ever been in. And uh, yet his encouragement was, was a saint. This is what God is, is calling you to do. You've been faithful here, and we're going to celebrate what you've done here and what God is sending you to. And then we're also going to celebrate the, the girls. There's no, I mean, this doesn't change the fact that we love what God has done in your own family. And so we did, and there was tears, there was celebration. It was awkward, and it was great. It was kind of the mix of everything. And, uh, and, and God blessed in that transition. Um, and, uh, and so there, there are happy, bittersweet uh, times of, of departure, too. And, uh, and neither one of us are old enough to, to talk about when you're too old 
uh, maybe it's time to, to hit the road. So we'll get Bart Barber on to talk about that since he's like <laughs> 150. Um, fun fact, Bart Barber became the pastor of First Farmersville uh, when Joe Biden uh, went to the Senate in like 1840 or whatever it was. Um, so, so we'll be, no, but, 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 but truthfully, uh, Bart Barber went to first farmersville when we were both still in high school. I believe he went there in 1999. So I was, I would have been, been a junior in I, high school. Stop it. Stop it. Yes. No, no, I wasn't. <laughs> 2002 is when I graduated. So I was in middle school. That in 1999, do your math. Oh, I thought you said five. I thought you said five. No, 1999, I believe, is okay. when he went there. So, yes, we would have both been in high school. <sighs> All right. Well, All right. hey, if, if you are, you know, if you're wrestling with this and, and you're just having a really hard time in your church, please reach out. You can find us on social media. Um, and when those links are in our outro here in just a second, you can reach out to the Replant team at replantatnam.net. We, we want to we encourage you. We want to pray for you uh, and help you process through you know, if, if, if God's calling you to stay through a particularly rough season, or, or if you feel like he's calling you to move on to the next thing, we want to be able to help you and, and walk you through that. Um, yeah. So until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare and go anyone but the Astro. Hey, and don't quit on Monday unless it's Tuesday morning at 12.01 at night. <laughs> God bless you guys. Have a great one. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We want to connect with you on Facebook at Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast or our website at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com. Until next week, we encourage you to check out csbible.com to learn about the Christian Standard Bible, our favorite translation for its blend of readability and accuracy. Have a great day and God bless. What's wrong with you people?